Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, my finest of friends. Welcome to episode 10 of season 5 of the Tom Petty Project podcast. I'm your host, Kevin Brown. This is the podcast that digs into the entire Tom Petty catalogue, song by song, album by album, and includes conversations with musicians, fans, and people connected with Tom in some way along the way. If you're listening to this the week it's released, a ton of Tom Petty fans will have very recently descended on the city of Gainesville, Florida, for the Tom Petty weekend celebration of Tom's music. It's somewhat crazy to think that I've interviewed four people who were, you know, fairly heavily involved in that weekend. The wonderful Dan Spice, who produced the whole weekend, Jake Thistle and Jeff Slate, who both performed solo and with the All-Star Band, as well as Paul Zolo, who, with Jake and Jeff, took part in the Storyteller Sessions. So, and I wanted to give a, you know, just a quick shout out to all of you who posted live feeds, videos and photos of the weekend. You know, it really helped those of us who couldn't be there to feel connected to the event. And especially thanks to Janet uh, Lavelle, who captured Keith Evelyn's performance on stage, which was just so fantastic to see. Um, so after the intensity of last week's song, Straight Into Darkness, this week we're being treated, musically at least, to a, a straight-up fun blues rocker in The Same Old You, which is the midpoint track on side two of Long After Dark. Uh, if you're new to the podcast, I don't actually play the song in the podcast itself, as that gets really sticky with copyrights and you know intellectual property and things. So there's a link in the episode notes where you can go listen to the track, before I start talking about it. So, go have a listen, come back, and we'll dig in. It surprised me while trying to dig out info on this song to learn that Setlist.fm has only one record of it ever being played live. Ditto, you know, anywhere else I uh, searched and found, I, c I couldn't find anything other than one instance of it being played on the Long After Dark tour in 1982. What's somewhat less of a surprise is that it was played in England, in Coventry, as one of the five songs uh, performed from the album that night. So, ironically, the song was possibly sent to Coventry after this and never dusted off again. Now, if you're unfamiliar with the idiom being sent to Coventry, it's an English saying that means to deliberately cut someone out or ostracize them. However, as I've noted, the song to me is really the band channeling the greasy blues rock of the Rolling Stones, or, you know, the faces. So perhaps it's fitting that its only outing was on those bands' home soil. There's actually a fairly poor quality bootleg version of that live performance online, so I'll also add that to the episode notes so you can give it a listen if you want to. The song opens with Mike's crunchy blues riff and some percussion in the background. It's probably most likely wood block, you know, and they'll like straight away in that first sort of bar or two. And one thing that's slightly surprising about this is that it's in C. You know, most blues riffs are in G or in E, as they're much easier to play on guitar. But hey, this is Mike Campbell. Stan comes in on the drums right at the end of the second bar, and Ben Monton keys immediately after the start of the third. So right away, this song is not hanging around. You get that sense that it's going to cut to the chase pretty quickly. Sure enough, after eight bars of guitar, organ, drums, and some occasional vocal O's and A's from Tom the song swaggers straight into oncoming traffic and how he fills out the sound by thumping through a fairly fairly Ron Blair-esque walk around the chord progression on bass. And through the first verse, we just have that chopping staccato guitar riff with Tom staying on vocal duties, snarling his way through his forced upper mid-range. Stan's keeping a fairly straight backbeat going here and, and adding in some double snare hits on the fourth measure of each bar. And I can't think of another example of him playing this type of pattern off the top of my head. The organ's dropped out of this section pretty much. Uh, if I had the isolated tracks, maybe Bentmont's playing that sort of straight C chord and it's just mixed really low. 
but you can't really hear it here in any case. That riff sits around that C chord and with an added sort of suspended fourth note that doesn't quite make it a full F major, um, and, you know, but whatever, it breaks into the chorus beautifully by dropping to G when the way Mike is playing changes entirely and he lets those big major chords ring out and they're very sustained. So the sound is really filled out here as Tom also joins the rhythm on guitar and Benmont's organ is once again taking up some space in that high register. Stan breaks up that straight back beat with some kick drum notes between the beats. Vocally, Howie also joins Tom and you get this gorgeous big rock and roll sound. Again, it's so very stonesy to me. Kind of like if you think about um, Honky Tonk Women in that hard edge to shiny transition between the verse and the chorus. It's got that same sort of feel to it. And so after the chorus, you get the uh, four bars of the main riff with Mike handing in a couple of little solo licks over top of, I assume it's Tom mirroring the riff. Into the second verse, both guitars are now present, giving that riff a slightly thicker feel and Benmont's pulled back into the mix on keyboards to keep things feeling less monochromatic and a little bit more lively. Stan and Howie keep the same groove going and Stan fills back into that second chorus, you know, in a different way from the first, just to sort of change things up. Now into the bridge, you know, again, we're still not hanging around, it's full steam ahead. We're only a minute and a half into the song and we've already had two verses and two choruses. So no, you know, extra couple of bars coming out of that chorus or hanging around on the verse a little bit, but it's just straight into that minor key change. The chord progression still resolves down to that C major chord though and Tom and Howie add in some great vocal work that, you know, it's almost like a guitar solo, but for voice. So it's that little choral back backing section. And through this middle eight, you can also hear a cowbell chugging along on the count. Howie matching the descending chord progression and Stan backing off the double snare hits on the four counts. You know, it just gives it a little bit more space and, and sort of changes the, the mood of that little, that little section. And the last two bars of that, though, hang on that F chord before Tom wails us into Mike's solo. And I absolutely adore how Mike plays it. He starts us off with some single note bending. You know, it, you think that maybe this is going to be a fairly standard Mike Campbell guitar solo before we head into some fantastic double note and chord work that struts its way all over that main riff, with Tom playing it way straighter in the background to avoid muddying things up. The last two bars change direction a little, with everything dropping off on a, it's like an F5, 7th sustained chord, and Benmont's organ really sort of brought back up in the mix and shining through before... Stan thunders that last verse into life with a full-measured double-time snare fill. Here you also get something I don't think I've heard Mike do before, and actually something I can't recall really hearing much of at all in his playing, a big rock pick slide. This is when the guitarist just drags their pick down the strings and you get that sort of, it's almost like a jet engine type sound. It's really common in hair metal bands, you know, who seemingly can't think of anything interesting to play, and it's just not something I can remember Mike ever really leaning into, but... It works really well in this song, and it's perfect where he placed it. Alrighty, folks, it's time to put on your casquette de réflexion, which is, according to Google Translate, French for thinking caps. I probably butchered the pronunciation of that, but whatever. Um, so yeah, that's right. It's time for some petty trivia. So your question from last week was this. Surrealist pop artist Robert Daber created the album art for which album? Was it A, Highway Companion, B, Into the Great Wide Open, C, Southern Accents, or D, Hypnotic Eye? Well, the Into the Great Wide Open artwork is called Autumn Landscape, which was painted in 1921 by Czech-American artist Jan Matulka. 
depending on the cover of Southern Accents, is an 1865 work by Winslow Homer titled The Veteran in a New Field. And the artwork for Hypnotic Eye was developed by Jerry Hyden and Nick Steinhardt at SMOG, Smog Design, which is a boutique design firm in the Silver Lake neighborhood of Los Angeles. And as the wonderful Janet Lavelle gave me a great bit of info on during our conversation, the Highway Companion album art was painted by Robert Daber. If you didn't listen to that conversation, go back. I'd give it a listen if I were you. Janet told me all about the artist and his work and showed me the book that she received from him, which was personalized for her shortly before his untimely death, which contained a lot of his artwork. And the eulogy on his website starts by describing the artist as a visual raconteur and goes on to say, Bob was a storyteller with a paintbrush. His mind's eye planted deep within his subconscious, best known for his unique visual interpretations of English sayings, idioms, euphemisms, cliches, and figures of speech. It is the undecided tone between sincerity and irony that makes his visual vocabulary distinctly a language all his own. From literal translations of fanciful sayings to kitschy depictions of everyday terminology, showing off both his cultural brilliance and wicked sense of humour. I'll leave the link to his site in the episode notes so that you can check it out. He really is a singularly unique talent whose artwork both Tom and Dana were big fans of. Your question for this week is this. The fantastic 6LP Uber Deluxe Edition of the Fillmore 1997 release comes in a custom-made what? Is it A, top hat box? B, embossed walnut record case? C, handmade symbol case? Or D, a bespoke linen-lined Hessian tote bag? Okay, back to the song. The last verse chorus doesn't throw up any sort of real surprises, uh, but Tom changes up the way he hits the melody on lines like Heart of America um, in the last two lines and then sort of really howls that last phrase, let that sucker blast. And you can, you know, in that sort of that last stanza, you can imagine any number of blues joints up and down the country in that moment with low lighting and smoke and whiskey everywhere and a crummy old jukebox pounding out something like this in the corner while, you know, patrons play pool and hit on one another. Um, it just has that wonderful sleazy vibe that I love. The verse gives way to that last chorus and Tom draws his way through that lyric one last time. We then lead out with that main riff, Ben Montanning in plenty more big organ licks and Stan filling in a lot more while the cowbell keeps straight time. I would love to have seen this song live and if anyone knows of any of the tribute bands or, you know, indeed any bar bands that knock this one out of the park, let me know. I'd love to see him. The lyrics in this track are really just Tom having fun with some different images. Like a, you know, a 70s glam rocker in the first verse, a cocky young 20-something in the second, and then a cool sort of American vibing soul in the last. And the chorus then strips away these facades or personas and reveals that lead line, way down deep is the same old you. It's something we can all relate to, I think. We all wear different faces in different parts of our lives, and just for a minute, you can keep people confused, but... At our core, when we know we're putting on an act and we also know that the people who know us best can see through it, way down deep, we're all the same old you. It's a fun, throwaway rock and roll song that's fun to dance to, fun to sing, and doesn't take itself too seriously.
Okay, folks, that's all for this week. Um, in conversations with Tom Petty, Tom tells Paul Zolo he had a good beat and a good groove. Not a real serious thing, just a good time. And I think that's a perfect description of it, really. The track is one of four co-written efforts between Mike and Tom on the album, and the one that, to me, feels most Campbell-esque. It almost feels like a Dirty Knobs-esque lick, and the Knobs did play it live once at the Crocodile in Seattle in May of this year, 2022. And hopefully Mike adds it into the set more often, because I think it's a perfect complement to a lot of the songs from External Combustion and Reckless Abandon. And this one really hits the sweet spot for me, so I'm going to be careful not to over-egg it and rate it too highly, because obviously... You know, it's just a straight blues rock jam with not a ton of sophistication or depth, but oh, damn it if I don't just dig the hell out of it. So I'm going to give the same old you a 7 out of 10, and I won't apologize for that at all. Please remember that you can continue to support humanitarian efforts in Ukraine in many different ways. And as always, as I tell you every week, or certainly every week since, I don't know, whenever it was, January or February, um, please, if you have the means, go contribute something. If it's $2, $5, $10, whatever you can afford, a little goes a long way, uh, and those people really need our help. Uh, so as always, I've added a link to the Red Cross donation page in the episode notes, and I will continue to do that. If there are other avenues through which you contribute, great, awesome, just keep doing that. Um, the Tom Petty Project is a proud member of the Deep Dive Podcast Network, which is growing. Uh, the other shows on the network are Sabbath Bloody Podcast, Skinnered Reconsidered, the Deep Purple Podcast, T-Bones Prime Cuts, in the Lap of the Pods, a Queen podcast, The Magician's Podcast, which covers Uriah Heap, Hawk Binge, Maiden A to Z, Diary of the Mad Men, Universally Speaking, the Red Hot Chili Peppers podcast, Metal Gods podcast, which has just gone through a renaming, um, which is now the Judas Priest cast, uh, and the podcast Will Rock, uh, which is uh, obviously a Van Halen podcast, Backtracks, Aerosmith Revisited, So Far, So Pod, So What, which is dedicated to the music of Megadeth, Backtracks theme music and two new kids on the block this week, uh, AV4A Pod, which is a heavy metal podcast, and the Rock Roulette podcast. Go check them out. They're damn good people doing damn good work. Don't forget to follow me on Facebook and Instagram at The Tom Petty Project and on Twitter at Tom Petty Project. And of course, you can find me on YouTube. So go follow, like, subscribe, and da 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 da, da all that stuff I usually say. Um, again, you know, if you want to leave a review or a rating, fantastic. But I think we're at the point now where. I know that there are a few people who enjoy what I'm doing. I'm enjoying what I'm doing. So if you want to leave a review or a rating, great. If you don't, that's fine too. Don't worry yourselves. Um, as a reminder, the Tom Petty Project is not affiliated with the Tom Petty Estate in any way. And when you're looking for Tom's music, please visit the official YouTube channel to listen to his music or go to the official streaming uh, channels like Spotify, Apple Music, all those places. Um, and when you're looking for merchandise, go to TomPetty.com. That's the official merchandise location. Don't get ripped off. Don't forget to check out the Tom Petty Nation and Tom Petty Fans Forever groups on Facebook if you're not already a member. They are fantastic fan communities and they are well worth spending some time in. So until we meet again next week, keep listening to and sharing Tom's music. Try to be kind. Try to say I love you to someone at least once a day. Stay safe and healthy and I'll be back with you next week to talk about the penultimate and longest track from Long After Dark, Between Two Worlds. Bye-bye.